Another college football Saturday is in the books, and we're sprinkling in our reactions. This is the Sunday Shade. Hello and welcome to the Nasser Alexander Kucheki Studios. Yeah, we're rapid firing right back here, and it is episode two of the Sunday Shake. We're bringing this to you while we're recording this late, late style on a Saturday. Still some games going on. Some games will probably finish up while we're talking here. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about those night games here on the Sunday Shake as they uh, as they shake out, no pun intended. Uh, but Luke Ned Carney, Alex Thompson here with you to recap a busy day in college football, a busy October 8th, week 7, I believe. That's nuts. Uh, not going to go further than that. But lots of crazy stuff happening in the SEC today. Uh, that's where I'm going to start because my broadcast partner right now, it just he, he from 12 to 3, 3.30, he just had the time of his life. I only got one, one thing to say, Luke. Hey, oh, suck that Tennessee dick, bitch. <laughs> oh, man. What was the final? What did the final end 40 up to 13. 40 to 13, Tennessee smacks LSU in very poorly named today, Death Valley. What was Death Valley for the homestanding uh Fighting Tigers, Bayou Bengals, whatever whatever you want to call them. They were little kitties today. Uh, all three SEC Tigers losing. Um, but, man, Tennessee, it doesn't matter like what happens, I feel like, the rest of the night. I think Tennessee made the biggest impression on the college football world today. Yeah, I, I think it's, it definitely sent uh, – it, it sent a loud and clear message that uh, ne- next week is huge. Um, Going to be a massive game. L- looking to see if Bama can close this one out to A&M right now. Right now, we're live um, in the fourth quarter of that game. Third quarter, late third quarter, early fourth quarter. Um, yeah, that's uh, – uh, we want Bama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that you're allowed to say that now because you got them next And we week. look better than and, them. And that, that – yeah, yeah, you, you did. Like, I mean, I, I haven't actually – full disclosure for those of you just joining us or just – listening to this show for the first time, possibly. Uh, I, ju- I just got home from work. Uh, I was on the, the uh, Georgia Bulldogs broadcast in the producer's chair for all 11 and a half hours of it. Uh, so I just got back from that. I'm pretty wired. Dogs beat Auburn 42 to 10 in one of the CBS games today. Um, but, you know, we, we, we're not going to spend a ton of time on that game because Georgia did what we thought they were going to do. Uh, finally. Um, but And then... Yeah, for for once, right? They finally finished some drives in the red zone. Six rushing touchdowns for the dogs. Uh, But for those of you who have not listened to the Sunday Shake yet or might have missed last week's episode, this is our new uh, show recapping the weekend in college football. Uh, We will uh, go through the games that we, you know, we found most significant, just crazy stuff that happened. Um, We'll just do our best to recap the college football uh, Saturday. And this is this is just straight reactions. We're not going to do any goofy uh cute cute name segments uh in this we just talk about college football uh this is not meant to replace what we do weekly on the right hash so please do still tune in uh to the right hash each week tune into our latest episode which came out uh, on friday uh that had some some nfl picks in it as well if you want to catch up on those before your nfl sunday as you listen to this but i mean uh just yeah LSU fans were filing out of that stadium in droves five minutes into the second half. That place was empty, save for the 25,000 or so Tennessee fans that made the trek. I mean, it. We, we, we had a player come out, and he said, that did not even feel like an away game. 
Tennessee traveled so well to it and showed up in such a drove. Um, even an LSU reporter, beat reporter, asking jo- uh, Josh Heupel after the game, like, in in all of his years covering LSU, he's never seen a team come into Baton Rouge, a fan base come into Baton Rouge and take it over like that. He's like, that was a Tennessee home game. Folks just said they saw no LSU out in the streets when they traveled to Baton Rouge. Our, our fan base is taking this fucking seriously, man. And uh, Brian Kelly got out-fucking-coached today. Just straight out-classed, out-coached, out-everything today. I saw that clip on, I think it might have been CBS Sports that shared, somebody shared it on Twitter of the f- Tennessee fans singing Rocky Top. And I, I, I was like, that's got to be the Tennessee fan section, you know, the, the ticket allotment. But it wasn't. Like, it was just like, it was just a bunch of fans. Like, I, I had no idea that Tennessee fans were going to take over that stadium like that. Because it's not like you can just get in the car Friday night and drive from Knoxville to Baton Rouge. Like, that takes plan. Yeah, that, that's that's how hungry the fan base is. And how, how much Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker and the rest of the team have, have done it selling this as a reality for Tennessee fans. It, it doesn't seem like it's... You know, uh, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And next year it's going to suck. It seems like they've legitimately gotten better. And uh, it, it, it is setting up for the game of the season in college football to this point next week in Knoxville. Uh, got wonder if game day will be there since they were there three weeks ago um, or two, two weeks ago today. Um, I, I think they might. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to get that word tonight or tomorrow. Uh, sometimes the uh, the college game day crew waits, makes us wait till like Sunday, almost till the NFL games kick off for them to reveal their choices. Devin Leary is down on the ground, injured in this NC State game. They trail Florida State by seven with five to play that. in the third quarter. Uh, it's a bummer. Looks like looks like could be a concussion. I'm no more speculation beyond that. But he did hit his head pretty hard. Uh, but let's get to the football uh, that happened in Death Valley. The the, the the what what transpired on the field between. Uh, those two teams, and I just want to take a shout out to uh, to LSU for those awful all white uniforms. Um, that that's why you lost. Those are horrible. Go wear your traditional yellow helmets, yellow pants. Shit, wear purple at home. You're not the Dallas Cowboys. Like, get out of here. But anyway, now that I said that, what what did Tennessee do to take control so early in well, this game? Well, uh, very very first play, LSU fumbles the opening kickoff. Tennessee recovers on about their thirty yard line, and and doesn't miss a beat. Punches it in two or three plays later. Uh, and I mean, just re- really set the tone. Uh, J- Jaden Daniels threw for 300 yards in this game, but it just, it, it was never, uh, th- they never put anything together. They were, you know, a, a long pass, a-, a decent pass here and then nothing. And then a decent pass here and nothing. Uh, Tennessee able to get five sacks today on the mobile quarterback. Um, the, the, the receiver booty, man, he's, he he lives up to that name because he doesn't play very well. He 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 got a touchdown there late, um, but he he just didn't he didn't look great all day. Uh, Tennessee going without its starting left tackle um, and possibly best receiver maybe in the country, Cedric Tillman again today. Uh, LSU without their left tackle as well lost their left guard during the game, and t- Tennessee really took advantage of it. Uh, put some blitz packages in there that we haven't shown yet this season, and. Uh, really dominated on the ground, had more yards rushing than passing today, uh, if, if you could believe it, in a 40-point forty yard, uh, game. Uh, we, we did it on the ground, and um, something Tennessee did that we haven't seen a whole lot is uh, LSU scores to go 
uh, 37 to 13, right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Tennessee gets the ball, milks eight minutes of clock, um, and gets a field goal to make it 40 to 13. And when you're up that much, if you can just get one drive like that, milk that much clock, there was no way, no way LSU could win that game. You couldn't, you could, no, they could not Florida themselves into a last, you know, a last chance potential Hail Mary like Florida did two weeks ago. Um, just a completely dominating performance beginning to end. We, we've got a kicker hit four field goals today. Um, narrowly missed a 51 yarder as well. Uh, need to need to get a little bit better on the red zone conversions um, next week. But um, other than that, that's really, that's the nitpicking part for me. If we get Cedric Tillman back next week, th- this is going to be a really, really tough offense to outscore. I don't care if it's Bryce Young. I don't care if it's Jalen Milrow. I don't care if, I don't, you know, I don't care if Jalen Hurts comes back, man. They're they're, they're going to have trouble. Yeah, man, I I almost want to start talking about this Bama Tennessee game now, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna do all the all the yeah. previewing uh, in this week's episode of the right hash shameless hard, plug. <laughs> I know, right? I know, man. It's it, it's so hard to not think about that next game after you uh after you get a big win like that. But uh, I bet that was a fun plane ride home uh, for the Vols. I'm sure they're back in Knoxville now. Uh, hitting the bars and uh, and whatnot, um, but uh, des- deservedly so. It's probably a massive party uh, on on the banks of the the Tennessee River tonight. Um, as Bama missed just missed a field, goal. I switched over to that game yeah. by the way. Uh, Bama just missed a field goal, leaving the door open for Texas A and M. So we'll we'll sprinkle in some updates here. Uh, I know when you listen to this, the game will be over, but this is just part of the Sunday Shake experience this week. Um, we're doing it. Here on Saturday night, because uh, we've got busy days tomorrow. Uh, Washington Commanders with Brian Robinson's uh, NFL debut. Uh, Alex has got got some uh, some company coming in, so we're doing it late night style here from the Nasser Alexander Kucheki Studios. Tennessee and Bama next week, and I, I hope that's the game day game too. I mean, I don't I don't think that if I was an executive, I'm just like we've got to go to the best game there is, and that's the best game there is next week. Without even looking at the yeah, schedule. Yeah, now that we don't have to uh, bend to the will of Lawrence, Kansas, we can freely do whatever the fuck we want um, college game day. So just go to the best game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a much better game. Now that you know, just kind of, kind of transitioning here, going towards some more of the noon games before before the show today, I was like, let's see if we can just do this chronologically. Uh, let's see if, let's see how long that lasts and before we get sidetracked <laughs> into other other conference uh, or excuse me, other college football discussions. Uh, but that that was another one of those noon games um, where we uh, where um, I just. Yeah, TCU Kansas. I was like, what game was game day at? TCU yeah. and Kansas. Uh, that game was much closer than I thought it would be. Kansas hung tough. Um, TCU was obviously the better team. I think we both knew that coming in, but I mean, they didn't, Kansas, to their credit, didn't get blown off the field. Not, not only did they, did they not get blown off the field, Jalen Daniels went down really early. Their backup quarterback throws four touchdowns um, and just a, a, a Herculean effort on his part, the rest of the team, uh, in, in the face of that, because I, I can't imagine with as you know still young of a team as they've had that that backup cannot have been getting that many reps with kind of the lead that Jalen Daniels had and you know on the roster. I imagine he's been taking most of the reps. So for for their backup to come in with what I would presume to be limited reps, probably just scout team stuff mostly, uh, and throw four touchdowns against uh, a, a team that held Oklahoma to less. Yeah, that's it. Kansas is real. They're 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 not gonna win anything particularly this year, but 
they're they're real. Watch out for them. They're they're going to get a couple of transfers and uh, they're they're going to be on their way. TCU is also real. Um, that 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 uh, I'm dugging it. I I love that Duggan's a, a great quarterback and uh, it was a really good game. Yeah, I mean Lance Leipold is the real deal as a coach. I know. I think I've said that on a couple episodes of the Right Hash. Uh, Lance Leipold is he is going to have can if he doesn't go somewhere else, he's going to have Kansas. Uh, you know, like. He's going to have Kansas where Kansas basketball is. He is that good of a coach, in my opinion. But I started snickering there when you mentioned Oklahoma because, man, I'm halfway laughing at the Sooners for that 49 to nothing loss to Texas. But I'm also halfway laughing at myself <laughs> for being an idiot and picking them to win on the right hash, which I will gladly take the verbal whipping for from anybody who wants to give it to me. <laughs> and that's not the only pick I whiffed on this week. So so there's more of this ahead. But man, 49 to nothing, 36 first downs to 11 for Oklahoma, outgaining the Sooners 585 to 195. Dude, I just looking at the stat, it's just sad looking at the stat comparison to the, for this game. I'm feeling pain just reading. Yeah, if, you, if you're Oklahoma, you burn all uh, record of this game ever happening. You forget about it and you move on. You try to. Um, Dylan Gabriel didn't play. I guess you can kind of use that, but they got, they got beat horribly in every facet of the game. There, it, it wasn't close. Quinn Ewers looked good. B. John Robinson looked good. Um, yeah, I... I, I can't give you a verbal whipping because I mean I, I I would if it was like maybe a twenty-one point game or something like that, and they just kind of they kind of got out edged everywhere, but this wasn't even I no one could have seen this coming. Yeah, and it's so weird that like it's not very often that this game is straightforward like that. There's always twists and turns in the Red River rivalry, and that just didn't happen. I, this is also a game I didn't catch a whole lot of because I was at work and you know watching other games and getting ready for the dogs game, but <clears throat> I wonder what the stadium looked like that you talked about LSU fans leaving at the five minute mark of the second, uh, the third quarter. <laughs> I wonder what time Oklahoma fans started leaving that game and left the stadium just like half burnt orange. Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, this is the first time in the history of Oklahoma that they've uh, had 30 point uh, or larger losses back to back. And the history wow. of that football program. So um, th- things not going well down there for Brent Venables. Uh, Things also not going so well for Tony Elliott, but that's a uh, that's a discussion for another time. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, that that might be a hot box yeah. uh, on on the right hash. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that might the, the the Wahoos jumping out to a ten nothing lead over Louisville, a Louisville team that was going to fire their head coach if they lost this game. That came out on Twitter. That was going without, to happen. Not happening for at least without Malik week. Cunningham. Correct. Yes, correct. Uh, so Brad Doman, I believe. Making his first career start, puts up 34 on the on the Hoos and 34 to 17 the final. And uh, just not a good day at all at Scott Stadium. One of the lowest, uh, smallest crowds in program. Thank history. God that guy turned and us down, man. Tony I'm Elliott. so happy he turned us yeah. down. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Tony Elliott's got some work to do, some explaining to do, and wheels are coming off fast uh, for my Virginia Cavaliers. If, if, if you're new to the to this program, that's where I'm from, born and raised, Charlottesville, Virginia. He grew up going to games, went to another ACC school, but I still watch the Who's when I can, and I know Connor Lilly was, I think, at that game, and that that he, I think, he probably left early too. That he probably go home and hang out with his dog or something. But, uh, <laughs> but man, uh, and enough about enough about bad football. <laughs> uh, this te- by the way, Texas A&M in Alabama territory with fourteen twenty to play 
in the fourth quarter. I like these AM white uniforms, like the white jerseys and white pants. I think it goes well with the maroon. Helmet. Yeah, it's 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 a um, nice clean uh Reggie McNeil type of look. A very uh uh early two thousands look for them. Um I, I, I like it. it. Reminds me of their big twelve days. Um speaking of the wheels falling off, uh, my surprise Indy just hit. South Carolina beats uh Kentucky at Kroger Field um twenty four fourteen. Will Levis does not play, but uh, South Carolina's first uh, three-game win streak since 2017, and Frank Beamer or Shane Beamer's first win over a ranked team. So, um, K- Kentucky proving once again that they are massively overrated in the offseason because they beat four MAC teams to start every season. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it doesn't matter if Will Levis is back there or not; they're going to suck. Yeah, that 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 made me happy. That 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 result made me happy. I just I, we've we've kind of been on this anti Kentucky. I know you have you have preconceived anti Kentucky biases. I've just kind of had them this year ingrained in me because of how overrated they are and how much it annoys me to hear about how people talk about how good Will Levis is. Uh, but good call there, Alex. I'll Here, give give me a, a, a distance hat here's tip the thing. there uh, for that here's surprising. I have preconceived notions, but I don't let that cloud my judgment when I'm making picks. I, I I'll I'll straight up tell you if I if I hate a team, I hate Florida. I, I hate this Kentucky team, but I'll pick them when I think they're going to win, and I'll pick them when I think they're going to lose. And uh, there is just something about being a game or two into SEC play. I can feel who's going to win these games. Like I I texted Mike Barlow. I said, "Dude, go, go listen to the second quarter of the right hash this week. You're going to like it." He he messages me back he says man i think we might have a chance to stay in this and i said no dude this is the game that kentucky always loses not not to south carolina but just this type of game and i was like this is the type of game that south carolina always wins and this one really wasn't in question from the beginning south carolina took a quick seven nothing lead and never turned back uh everyone kept talking about just wait till chris rodriguez is back just wait till chris rodriguez is back he had a fine game but like Okay, he's back. You lost to South Carolina. Like you, you now have the same record as them, and you're supposedly the 13th team in the country. I don't understand how this is happening. How the how the fuck is everyone thinking Will Levis is the number one overall pick and not talking about Hendon Hooker? I I I don't understand why the media flocks to Kentucky. They suck. Again, we've we've we. I know I've said this to you before. I do understand why. And I'm not going to get into it on this show because this is a football show and not a politics show. Um, but yeah, Hendon Hooker is not, it's criminal how little attention he's getting from the national media. Like it, it, I, 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 when I'm saying this, the, the, the host of this show, that's not the Tennessee fan, you know, it's a problem. Like it's come on, like give this guy his due. Yeah. I mean, if the, if the voting, if the season ended today, he has to be the winner. Um, I think he's better than C.J. Stroud right now. Now, as a pro prospect, you, you can argue with me there. I, I I don't think he's nearly the pro prospect some of these other guys are. He he gives me like Danny Werfel vibes where I feel like he is playing his best because he's just in this system that really, really uh, plays to his strengths. Um, and it's not going to be running the NFL. He's probably not going to be a super contributor in the NFL. However... For college and in this offense, this is the best quarterback in the country right now. Yeah, and going back to Mike Barlow from his Sad Gamecock Twitter account, at Sad underscore Gamecock, if you want to give him a follow. He is a great follow, uh, by the way. 
Uh, regardless of Levis being out, this is still a huge win for Beamer and this team. First win over a ranked opponent on the road, plus our first win in Lexington since 2012. I didn't realize that the drought had been that long. And then he finishes with, damn, it feels good to be a Gamecock. Oh, what a, I, I sang that to myself when, before reading it out loud uh, in the the office space tune. Uh, but that's, that's good. I'm surprised South Carolina fans don't do that more. Oh, well, I mean, they haven't had a chance. Yeah, like the, that's true. The best, the best <laughs> feeling true. they've had is when their uh, when their coach got splooged on with Duke's mayo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you see, I blocked that visual out of my memory, and now you just put it back in because I hate I hate mayonnaise. I will I will not touch he, mayonnaise. So I, I think that's the he was worst. loving it, man. He seemed like he'd been there before. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had just won a bowl game. So, Ben, uh, I'm sure if uh, if his father Frank Beamer was in attendance, he raised both arms in triumph like he did uh, for that zero zero tie in regulation Virginia Tech and Wake Forest all those years ago. <laughs> Still one of my favorite games, <laughs> by the way. But in all serious, congrats to Shane Beamer. Uh, he's a, he's a guy that's been through a lot in the short amount of time that he's been in Columbia. This is uh, this is probably his. I would say his signature win so far. Um, and South Carolina may, might be a little bit better than I've, I've been giving them credit for this season. Um, that they looked better. They didn't beat themselves. The defense played well. Um, this has been this was Spencer Rattler's most efficient game. Um, it wasn't flashy, but um, he was accurate on his rollouts. He just took what was there. He didn't get greedy. Um, didn't really see many deep shots. That he, he he has not been good on deep shots this year, really, uh, from a accuracy standpoint. Um, it seems like they changed their game plan a little bit. Uh, you know, good on Satterfield for finally figuring out that what he was doing was not working. Um, I, I I think this is a massively overrated Kentucky team, and I don't know if we really understand what this win is. However, I do know that Kentucky should have won this game on paper, and um, Spencer Rattler played played well. He, not a Heisman Trophy quarterback, but he he played well. He made accurate passes and. He he did just enough. He did plenty to win this game. So good on them. Good on South Carolina for getting that uh, it, it, kind of a momentum win for them. I think. Yeah, and what did I say a couple minutes ago? I was like, we're going to try to talk about the noon games into all the way chronologically. And I guess, well, now we're talking about a night game because that's just what we do here in the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. You're following the Sunday Shake, brought to you by the Right Hash. It's our new college football reaction show and. We are glad that you joined us for this. We appreciate the listenership to both shows, and we appreciate everybody that interacts with us on social media and is in the Fantasy Football League. But uh, moving ahead a little bit later in the day um, and switching conferences, actually, because I already mentioned the the Georgia beatdown of Auburn, but uh, another good pick by Alex uh, on the right hash, UCLA knocking off the Utah Utes in the number 18 versus number 11 matchup of ranked teams. UCLA is 6-0, and and that is Utah's second loss. Of course, Utah's losses have both been on the road to pretty good teams uh but you know probably ucla is probably a better team than florida uh but dorian thompson robinson uh another another good game and he, he was able to back up some bulletin board material pass for a shade under 300 yards 299 four touchdowns a- am i am i being crazy if i say this guy's in the heisman running um you're not uh i i think he's kind of a little bit early on the scene to get it over some of the guys who are realistically going to be in contention but um next year especially another year in a chip kelly offense uh chip kelly's basically won a guy a heisman before um i I don't believe Mariota actually won it but he was more than deserving of it um and it it, this guy looks 
he, he looks just like Mariota in this offense. Um, maybe not quite the passer, but um, he he's he's not quite as far along in his career either. So uh, Chip, Chip Kelly quietly building UCLA, um, uh, a sleeping giant, and I say sleeping mainly to uh, represent the atmosphere at home games because they're not very many people that go to those, but um, they, they should start because that's, that's good football to watch. Yeah. Three and O in the PAC 12 looks like USC is going to probably hold on against Washington state um, and jump the Bruins uh, to four lead four uh, four and O half game lead in the conference. And Oregon is up multiple possessions on Arizona. That'll probably, if they hold on, that will move them to three and O. So we've got, we've got kind of the usual suspects at the top of the big, uh, excuse me, the Pac-12, getting ahead of myself, USC and UCLA, of course, will be moving to the Big Ten in a couple of years. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's another game I wanted to mention. And here's where I got a little bit of egg on my face that I teased earlier in the game, or earlier in the show. Wisconsin 42, Northwestern 7. The only reason I'm mentioning this game is because this was my surprise indie, and it did not hit. And for that reason, I will not be having a surprise indie on our next episode of The Right Hash. I'm putting myself in surprise indie timeout kind of like alex did a couple weeks ago um purple vandy suffering the same fate as vandy when when we at the right hash put them on a pedestal. we'll never learn luke we, we, we have to have like an off limit <laughs> list or something there's like a couple, a couple of teams that need to be on it like under no circumstances are you to ever shame the name of surprise indie by picking this team to win and i think vandy and purple vandy go right to the top of that list so, so if you're scoring at home, that's one big swing and a miss for Alex a couple weeks ago, and then one even bigger swing and a miss for me uh, here, here this week. But you got to shout out Wisconsin. I mean, it seems like clockwork. You get rid of a coach who you think is a problem, and you win your next game. I mean, look at what Nebraska's done since they got rid of Scott Frost. Yeah, so sometimes you just need to hit the reset button, and it takes the pressure off those guys because uh, it's really all you hear all week. Um you know, uh, uh, under everything that you're tagged in, under all of the, the team social media, it's all fire this guy, fire this guy, this guy sucks. Can we get rid of this player? We need to better this, need to better that. You know, as soon as you fire the coach and go to an interim, it just kind of, you know, re- releases all the pressure off those guys. And uh, I think we saw it with Georgia Tech last week beating Pitt. Um, they, they just played a little bit more freely. And co- this, this game is 90% mental, no matter how much it looks physical. This game is so mental. Um, if you just have that confidence or uh, the ability to just play freely with no fear of uh, of recourse, you, you're going to put yourself in a position to win every game. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned Pitt too because they they got a big 45 to 29 win over uh, over Virginia Tech, and I think that was their first conference win if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, after that loss to Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech has won two straight now after beating or excuse me after firing Jeff Collins by beating Duke in overtime uh, and yeah, man. Uh, just uh, look, look, another 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 top 10 game uh, from the the mid-afternoon slot um, Oklahoma State stays hot they beat Texas Tech 41 uh, to 31 I got and a then shout out the, the big real, one real quick before we hit a big one I got a yeah. shout out on Pitt um, th- this this kid was probably the best player against Tennessee um, three or four weeks ago um uh, abani Conda, their running back 36 carries 320 yards six touchdowns today against virginia tech i mean just i can't keaton slovis didn't have it 26 qbr 170 yards and a pick abanaconda had to carry them and good lord did he carry them 
Pittsburgh is the best team in the Steel City right The Pittsburgh Panthers are the best team in the Steel City right now. I'd be willing to say that. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that, <laughs> they, they could handle their own against the Steelers. <laughs> I bet you they could. By the way, Kenny Pickett making his first start uh, t- today as you listen to this uh, against uh, the Buffalo Bills. That, that'll be a tough Good game for, him. Uh, for the Steelers. But this is a college, this is a college football show. This is a college football show. Uh, and I was going to ma- the one I was going to mention was Ohio State going on the road and just smacking Michigan State 49 to 20. Uh, a lot of people were talking about Mel Tucker as a potential coach of the year candidate coming into this year. We, I know we didn't on our show, but I was hearing rumblings and those have been put to bed over the last few weeks. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, obviously getting the big extension last year off of having a really good season with Michigan State uh, undefeated, I believe, seven games into the season last year. Um, one, one of the couple of teams to fall to Iowa uh, while they were unbeaten. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really know what's happened. Uh, their their defense is not existent. I'm not quite sure where their offense is either. Um, they played decent at times today against Ohio State, but, you know, um, Smith and Jigwell once again did not play and still they found a way to give up 49 points. Um, Ohio State's going to run through this conference like clockwork um, and – Personally, I feel like Michigan is not going to be uh, a barrier to the playoff at all. That they, they haven't really looked great the last couple of weeks. Um, I know they 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 did get kind of their shit together today um, against Indiana, but they went into halftime tied ten ten, um, and I, I I wasn't a fan of them. So uh, Ohio State to me almost just looks like a shoe in straight to the college football playoff. <laughs> Pun intended, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually I kind of glossed over that Michigan game too back in the noon slot. Uh, I, I watched a little bit of it when uh, when we were like, just when we were you know in, in pregame for the dogs. And I I saw Michigan pull away a little bit. So that, yeah, that score looks a lot better for Michigan than the game really was. Um, another game I glossed over um, was Mississippi State smacking Arkansas. Not a surprise uh, per se, but it looks like the, the Bulldogs are kind of getting their sea legs a, a little bit. They have now won three in a row since that loss to LSU, two of them conference games, albeit both of them at home. Uh, so they're two and one in the SEC. And, and that's a game that George is looking at uh, in late, later in November. And, and that's a game that my, my network manager, uh, Cavill Philpott, has said he's like, we're going to lose that game to, uh, to Mississippi State because that place is going to be a hornet's nest. And uh, the offense is really clicking for the Bulldogs. Right yeah, that, they're the second best team in the West uh, for for my money. I don't know how in the hell LSU beat that team. Um, that just a really off night for Mississippi State, I guess. But um, they're they're to me the second best team over there. Uh, Mississippi State, Alabama is going to be a hell of a game whenever that uh, whenever that happens. Um, I, I think that they have the firepower to stay with them. Their defense played well today. Uh, big, big game. Um, from the 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 maroon bulldogs they uh arkansas <laughs> benched kj uh he didn't play today i i didn't see if it was injury or they just decided to go with the other guy but um uh, kj jefferson not the starting quarterback today i don't believe I'm, I'm looking for the stats just to see if he played early in that game um Bear with me one second. I have like six games streaming, so the internet is taking a second to load. Um, yeah, yeah. If you if you're not familiar with what Alex and I do on Saturdays, it's almost almost the opposite of, of each other because I'm I'm focusing on kind of one game. I'm on the Georgia Dogs game, and I can have games kind of be aware of them as they go along. Kind of have one or two on another screen, but Alex, on the other hand, in his branch of the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios, just has like he said. I mean, like six games on at once, and this dude, I don't know how this dude keeps up with it. 
But he does, and, and and that's that's why we love him here on the right hash. But it, it was looking like I think he was hurt, and he was like a game time decision, and he ended up like dressing out and warming up, but not yeah, playing. He, he he did not attempt a uh, pass. Talking about KJ, because um, yeah. I yeah, I saw him Jefferson. standing on the sideline with the, with a ball cap on, but like you said, he had his shoulder pads and everything on, so I I didn't know if he just got pulled because I mean to to be fair, he hasn't really been playing that well as far as passing goes. We mentioned it um, yesterday, two days ago, when we were talking about. Um, uh, this upcoming week, and he he he's just taking a step back throwing this year. Um, he hasn't gotten a whole lot of help from his targets, but um, I I I think when he becomes healthy, they'll still get him involved. Uh, he he's way too good of an athlete to not get the ball into his hands. But um, I I don't I don't know if he's going to be their quarterback the rest of the year. I don't know, and I mean the way the way things happen today, it's 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 hard to say for Arkansas. Sam Pittman has some answers to find. Um, and I, the dogs don't play Arkansas this year, so they're they're not a team that I've been really paying attention to, and it's not looking like they're a team I need to pay attention to, um, based on some recent results. Yeah. But uh, but big, again, shout out to the the Maroon Bulldogs. Uh, you know, Mike, Mike Leach is I really like Mike Leach. Yeah, in spite of it all, I, I, he's one of one of he's a coach that I one of my more favorite coaches uh, of of a team that I don't necessarily care about. I- I've, I've liked him since back since his Texas Tech days. Back when he was tossing kids into electrical uh, closets. Um, I, <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> I, uh, I, I saw he, he did like a like a little bit of a quick pregame with SEC Network this morning. That they The SEC game day was at this game. Um, and it, it just classic Mike Leach. It could be talking about football. Nope. They're, t- they're talking about how much he hates coffee. And like the only the only way to to drink it is just by the sip, and I I could not tell if he used that intentionally as like shade at Ole Miss or if it was just happy coincidence that he used the term sip. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I always just find myself entranced with what Mike Leach is saying because it is never anything about football. But then you're like this. Does this guy actually know anything else? Because he's a freaking offensive genius. He he just knows football, but all he talks about is like being pirates or how he's a actually he's like a, a professor at Mississippi State, uh, actually teaching classes. It's just such a such a quirky guy, man. I love him. Well, I, I mentioned the Egg Bowl as one of my top five rivalries on our last episode of the Right Hash, which you can catch on our Twitter account or on our Anchor or Spotify uh, if you haven't already. But I didn't even mention the coaches in this matchup. I know you're probably not a big Lane Giffen fan, but he's he's a character. Like like him or hate him, he's a character. And you've got Mike Leach, who's a character. And like those press conferences are almost as fun as the games themselves. Yeah, that, and the, those are two of the more active uh, coaches on Twitter, but. Mike Leach is only ever tweeting out irrelevant memes. Like he is, he never <laughs> tweets about football. It, it is always just some like dumb meme dad joke, and that that is why people love love Mike Leach. And then L- Lane Kiffin's always like he he's always got some subtle shade to throw at whoever he's playing, or it's like here's the yoga uh, exercise that I did today to clear my mental space. Th- th- this guy has gone like full total single dad I, I, but he, it's not like the the the, the banging intern single dad it's like the i'm going vegan single dad <laughs> he's he's like he's like like george w bush when he stopped like when he was done being a politician and now he's just a painter like you just see george w bush painting pictures all the time like that's kind of like what mike leach is even though he's still a coach well, he's like when he's not being a coach he's just like such an affable likable yeah dude. he's he's a pirate man he's a pirate <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, he is a pirate. Two hundred years too late, as Jimmy Buffett would say. I'm still wired from from my my long work day, uh, my broadcast. Uh, what we, speaking of the state of Mississippi, the SIP. There's a hole in Oxford that they call Ole Miss. Well, they won today at Vandy. Bit of a slow start for Lane Kiffin's uh, Rebels, but they uh, they they rallied from a halftime deficit. Uh, 21 point fourth quarter, 21 to nothing outscoring the, the, the commoters, as I like to call them, the Vanderbilt commoters, um, 52, 28, the final Ole Miss also six and zero. they're going to stay in the top 10. Uh, so I'm also glad that Georgia doesn't have to play them this season. Same. Uh, in addition to Mississippi state, um, and yeah, Tennessee doesn't have to either, even though the blind side made that seem like a bigger rivalry than I think it actually well, was. That, uh, unless you're, unless you're Peyton that, Manning, that was the mustard <laughs> bottle and golf ball game for us last year. So it, it that, Oh, that, yeah. they're definitely, oh, yeah. but that's just because Lane Kiffin was being a douche and uh, uh, abusing that injury rule to slow down our offense. Um, that thankfully we haven't really had any of that this year, but um, we, I get we haven't really had that many sustained drives to where teams have had to do it. We kind of score pretty quick this year. Um, but yeah, uh, that that Mississippi uh, that Ole Miss Vanderbilt game was kind of like the living embodiment of uh, that uh, that video from that high school player that goes they're gonna had they had us in the first half. Not gonna lie, like that, that, that's just, I love that one. I, that's what I feel like all the Ole Miss players would say if if you interviewed each one of them. You'd be like, well, man, they sure had us in the first half, uh, and then they come out and just absolutely drudge them thirty five to eight in the second half. Um, most of it on the ground still. I mean, Jackson Dart throws 440 was, yards, but um, they, 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 they do a lot of work on the ground there at Ole Miss. I was just about to say, that team can run the football, man. Uh, actually, really not a, uh, not a big game from Quinshawn Judkins yards-wise, just 11 carries for 46 yards, but he had two touchdowns for the Rebels. Uh, and, um, <clears throat> pardon me, Zach Evans, I almost, said, I almost said a different name, Zach Evans, 11 yards, 80 carries, three touchdowns. So four touchdowns total uh, for the Rebels on the ground. Jackson Dart throws three through the air, uh, paired with two interceptions. So that, that, that would uh, that would hurt him a little bit if this was fantasy football. But 448 yards, big offensive day uh, for the Rebels. And uh, a lot of other than that, uh, other than that South Carolina Kentucky game, and depending on your perspective, the uh, the Tennessee LSU game. I think a lot of stuff in the SEC kind of went the way it, it should have today. Um, I, I mentioned that Missouri Florida game at the top. That was probably the uh, was probably the the most nondescript game of of the SEC today. I didn't really see much from that one. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was pretty boring. Um, M- Missouri's yeah. had a good two weeks though. Um, you know, re- re- yeah, really, I mean, scared the dog shit out of the dogs last week, and you know, a one touchdown loss at Florida. Um, that they, I, well, I think not- they lost Luther Burden today too. They're they're big. Uh, five-star freshman receiver. Um, it looked like he went down with a knee injury, and uh, still uh, against that, they did pretty well against Florida. And not only that, um, but <clears throat> they 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 should have won that game against Auburn. I mean, they dropped the the they yep. fumbled the ball out the back of the end zone, like one yard away. Like they should have beaten Auburn. They sh- and I mean, I, I think a lot of their fans will tell you they should have beaten Georgia yep. too. Um, so so I mean, this is a team that's had a couple couple. You know, it's like hitting a foul ball down the line, and it's just just to the wrong side of the foul pole. Uh, if, if you're Missouri, um, but SEC had had a lot of what you'd call, uh, I guess, chalk today. Uh, a couple of games in the ACC, um, in addition to this NC State Florida State game, Clemson taking care of business at Boston College, no trouble for the Tigers there. Thirty-one to three, they follow up that big win against NC State. 
And North Carolina, North Carolina, five and one. Watch out for the heels, man. Drake May is playing some great football. I picked Miami to win this game. More egg on my face. Um, but 27-24, it wasn't done till a late interception sealed it for North Carolina. Yeah, this was a closer game than I thought it was going to be. But um, yeah, Drake May, just a couple of uh, uncharacteristic uh, interceptions from what he's had this year. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke actually had a pretty good game, almost 500 yards passing, uh, three touchdowns and a pick. But uh, they had 42 yards on the ground, and that's just not going to win football games. So um, North, North Carolina with 161 yards on the ground, 309 through the air. Uh, actually outgained by Miami uh, total yards wise, but um, they, they they beat them just barely where it matters on the scoreboard, and uh, I, I think they're happy just to get out of that one because it wasn't the it wasn't the prettiest game from North Carolina, and they they could have played better, especially defensively. Yeah, I definitely thought they could have. And it looked for a while like Carolina was going to dominate that game. A credit to Miami for uh, for coming out and and making it a better ball game than it probably should have been. Um, man, I just, NC State is really trying to trying to claw back at 17-16 now. Um, FSU is in front, but NC State has the ball. So the Wolfpack just – if they man, they can't lose this game. If they lose this game, they're out of the running officially pretty much for, for the conference. Uh, but Alabama still clinging to that touchdown lead uh, against Texas A&M. Uh, Oregon and Arizona – uh, Oregon still has now they've extended that lead to thirty-five to thirteen. Uh, but what one other game from our st- featuring a team from our state uh, that I, I glossed over from the mid-afternoon? Uh, App State. What happened to them, man? What happened to the Mountaineers as they went to Texas State and just got smacked? Yeah, that it, it just kind of seems to happen to App State every year. Um, they 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 beat someone they're not supposed to, and they lose to someone they're not supposed to, and. I, I don't know how you get dragged out of the building by Texas State like they did, um, especially considering they've beaten some decent teams this year, um, at least better than Texas State. But, I mean, that, it, that's why they say they don't play it on paper. It, it, for every time App State does it to someone else, someone else is going to do it to App State. It's just the, uh, just the circle of nature right there, man. Yeah, and this game was not as close as the final score might have indicated. 36-24 Texas State, but this was 30-3 to at one point. So it really never was a game. And JMU getting a 42-20 win at Arkansas State following up that win in Boone last week. Uh, the fun belt standings uh, as of right now, uh, JMU stands alone at 3-0. and uh, I think Coastal Carolina might have something to say about that. But how about them dudes? Just a quick, quick shout out. In, in their first year in FBS, this, this is remarkable. They're not eligible for a bowl game because of that transition rule, which is – has been debated and I think is kind of stupid, but they're five and zero, three and zero in the fun belt. And just a, just a quick tip of the hat uh, to the JMU Dukes in their first season at the highest level. Uh, stepbrother, my stepbrother Ethan is a, a senior there. I I, I, won, I don't know if he goes to the football games. I know he probably gets drunk for them, but I don't know if he makes it into the stadium. So they're playing some great. They might be the best team in in the state of Virginia right now. There you go. Had some uh, had some really boring Midwestern football today. Um, Kansas State beating Iowa State ten to nine in a thriller, and uh, oh, where's that other one? I would yeah, Illinois winning oh over Iowa. I was just about to six say yeah. in the battle battle of the kickers. More, um, more shenanigans from Iowa. Dude. What is up with this team? I, I mean, what you want about their offense? But hell, their defense is trying, man. They're keeping everyone like under. They are. They really are. They're doing. This is like Beamer ball, man. This is this is Frank Beamer I mean, ball. The, the, it's like the <laughs> like, 1950s. Um, 
I I don't I don't understand. Um, they're they're three and three by. I uh, I I guess just God looks favorably upon the children's wave. That's the only way they've possibly won three games this year, um, because it, it it's it's not been good. They have not looked good at a single moment this entire year. I have not seen Iowa and said, man, that th- there is something <laughs> redeeming here. No, that is just a flaming pile of crap um, that waves to children. <laughs> yeah, the ch- do you think the children over just shut the windows and just be like, we don't want to see this. Yeah, I, I think they're just goodbye now. <laughs> We'd rather just sit here in the dark. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, good, good, <laughs> goodbye, get out of the stadium. I want to look at something else. Like, please, please leave. <laughs> right. Uh, well, the, the last the last big game I had on, on on my docket here, and it has it is final. Uh, Notre Dame in Las Vegas beats BYU twenty eight to twenty. This game was uh, eighteen to six at halftime. Uh, BYU tried to claw back like Cougars do, uh, but a late field goal makes it an eight point game, and Notre Dame holds on. Uh, so they they are three and two now. They seem to have come off the mat after two opening losses: one expected, one not expected. Have won three in a row, beat a pretty good North Carolina team. They've got Stanford coming in next week. Again, this isn't a game that I saw very much of, but I, I did want to pass along the score because number 16 BYU falls to unranked Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, and you look at Notre Dame's uh, schedule, and, you know, I, I'm there, there's not really a cupcake on here. I mean, the cupcakiest team is Marshall, and, I mean, shit, that's better than half the teams that Kentucky's played so far. Um, I mean, they've beat Cal, they went into uh Keenan Stadium beat North Carolina just beat BYU in the city of sin uh played Ohio State as well as anybody else has played him all year um Marcus Freeman is doing what he can without a quarterback and uh everything else on the team looks looks really good to me but it's it's just hard to beat good teams without a quarterback and they're still finding a way to do it in some instances so uh great job by him uh I I I think today illustrates that uh, Notre Dame came out ahead with Brian Kelly leaving and, uh, it, it might take Marcus Freeman a year or two just to get his guys in there. But I have every confidence that Notre Dame's in better shape because of Marcus Freeman being there and Brian Kelly not being there. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, they got Stanford, they got UNLV both at home. Then they go on the road to Syracuse who is ranked 22. Uh, I still think they're a bit of a paper tiger, but speaking of tigers, Clemson comes in on November 5th. Uh, to Notre Dame Stadium for a 7.30 kickoff on NBC. So uh, I, I, I'm i going to guess that Notre Dame probably holds on in all three of those games leading up to Clemson. So that'll that'll be a fun uh, game to watch. I think Syracuse um, is going to get them because I don't know if Notre Dame is going to be able to score with them. Garrett Schrader's having a great year. Um, but that, that the Clemson game is certainly one to look out for, but that Syracuse game is a trap game. I'm just calling it right now. Yeah, that, that'll be that'll be a, a good one. That'll be a good one to, to pick in a few weeks. I'm I'm excited for for that though, when we talk about that one on the right hash. That's not till the 29th though. We're getting a little bit a, a, ahead of ourselves uh, in that one. And Coastal Carolina has defeated UL Monroe. Uh, that game has gone final. Uh, so just seeing if that does that change the fun belt standings. No, that that is that was just their second conference game. So JMU does stand alone in first place in the fun belt. Uh, but Alex, before we wrap up here on the, the Sunday shake. Uh, is there any games other than Tennessee Bama that you're looking forward to uh, next week? Uh, let, let me take a quick peek. Um, uh, I, I think what one of them in, involves uh, our team, uh, NC State and Syracuse. Uh, I'm I'm very yeah, I'm very one. high on the Orange this year, just because I, I like quarterbacks. Um, I, I think they go a very very long way in 
winning in this sport in particular. And Garrett Schrader is just one of the best ones nobody really talks about. Um, I think Penn State and Michigan is also uh, happening next week. That should be yep, big noon, big noon. Kickoff. That should be an interesting telling game. Uh, I think we got Baylor West Virginia on Thursday. That should be a really good Thursday game. Yep. Um, Kansas Oklahoma. That's a that's a really good chance for Kansas to to get. It, stop licking their wounds from today and, and prove that they can uh, t- take a hit and keep going. Uh, Oklahoma State, TCU is going to be a good game. Um, LSU, Florida is always good. We have Mississippi State versus Kentucky. If Will Levis is back, that should be really interesting. Um, and the, the nightcap for next week, uh, USC at Utah should be a really good game as well. So we'll, we'll have a good slate of picks for college football this upcoming week. Yeah, no doubt. And and just because we are in the state of North Carolina, you got UNC and Duke facing off at eight o'clock next Saturday night. Five and one Carolina, four and two Duke. That, that'll be that'll be a, a good a good kind of alternate viewing in case any of these these games you mentioned at night kind of suck. Also, Clemson and Florida State too. Um, but uh, that's about all the time we have here on this edition of the Sunday Shake. We hope we got to everything we wanted to talk about. Um, lots of games, uh, but we'll look forward to uh, NFL now. And we will have another episode of The Right Hash coming out next week as well. Please listen to our previous episode, which we put out on Friday for some NFL picks and some good discussion about college rivalries and, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, NFL teams in Florida kind of uh, floundering a little bit. But tune into that on our Anchor, uh, Spotify, or Twitter page. And Alex, thanks a lot for joining me tonight after a busy day of football. I'll let you let you get going now. But uh, any any parting words for the for the crowd? Oh, suck that Tennessee dick, bitch! <laughs> we begin and end the same way on the Sunday shake, and that's how we ride off here into the dark night, the starry night. Here on this Saturday from the Nasser Alexander Kucheki Studios. From the right hash, this has been the Sunday Shake. Join us next week for more college football reactions.